The ACB Braille Forum, Volume 55, March 2017, Number 9, published by the American Council of the Blind, read by Richie Rebeth, Alex Coker, and Austin Baker. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the national office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention, Treasurer, ACB, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the national office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the national office. To make a contribution to ACB by the combined federal campaign, use this number one 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 five five. Check in with ACB for the latest in legislative and governmental news. Call the Washington Connection twenty four seven at. One eight hundred four two four eight six six six, or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org, www.acb.org, or call six zero five four seven five eight one five four and choose option three. Tune into ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org, www.acbradio.org, or by calling six zero five four seven five eight one three zero. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at ACB National at ACB N A T I O N A L, or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com/forward/slash/AmericanCouncilOfTheBlindOfficial, www.facebook.com/forward/slash/AmericanCouncilOfTheBlindOfficial. T H E B L I N D O F F I C I A L. Copyright 2017 American Council of the Blind. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia. 22311. Table of Contents. In memoriam, Otis H. Stevens Jr., September twentieth, nineteen thirty-six to December second, two thousand sixteen. Readers' remembrances of Otis Stevens. President's message: Planning for the future, a strategic direction for the next five years, by Kim Charlson. ACB commends Access Board on five zero eight refresh. Helpful hints for attending the convention by Janet Dickelman. Awards Committee seeks nominees for 2017 ACB Awards by Shelley Hart and Chip Haley, Awards Committee co-chairs. Celebrate the life and legacy of Derwood K. McDaniel.
Support the DKM First Timer Program by Kenneth Semyon Sr. Holiday Auction Thank Yous by Carla Rushevel. Ida Schwarzel, A Century of Memories, Part 2 by Greg Lindberg. Easy Fundraiser for Your Affiliate by Kathy Brockman. Affiliate News. Spotlight on ACB Students by Tamara Lomax. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. High-Tech Swap Shop. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, slovering at acb.org, S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at A-C-B dot O-R-G. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce Listserv. Send a blank email to announce hyphen subscribe at acblists.org. A-N-N-O-U-N-C-E hyphen S-U-B S-C-R I-B-E at A-C-B-L-I-S-T-S dot O-R-G or visit www.acblists.org forward slash mailman forward slash list info forward slash announce www.acblists dot O-R-G forward slash M-A-I-L M-A-N forward slash L-I-S-T-I-N-F-O forward slash A-N-N-O-U-N-C-E and type your email address and name where indicated. Want to stream your convention? ACB Radio can help you out. Write to Larry at acbradio.org L-A-R-R-Y at A-C-B-R-A-D-I-O dot O-R-G Keep up with the HAPS when affiliates stream conventions at www.acbradio.org forward slash news www.acbradio.org forward slash news In Memoriam, Otis H. Stevens, Jr. September 20th, 1936 to December 2nd, 2016. Otis Hammond Stevens, Jr., 80, was born in East Point, Georgia, on September 20, 1936, to Otis and Margaret Stevens. He departed this life on December 2, 2016, in Statesboro, Georgia. Blind from birth due to the genetic disorder retinitis pigmentosa, his parents created an environment for success, curiosity, and intellectual rigor for their two visually impaired children, that characterized his life. He attended public schools in East Point before attending the Georgia Academy for the Blind in Macon, where he graduated valedictorian of his class at the age of 16. A gifted pianist, he enrolled at the University of Georgia and paid his way through college by tuning pianos and playing in the dance band The Bulldogs. He received a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science in 1957 and a Master of Arts in Political Science in 1958. He graduated Phi Beta Kappa and was a member of Lambda Chi Alpha Fraternity. 
He earned a Ph.D. from Johns Hopkins University in 1963 and a J.D. from the University of Tennessee in 1983. In 1975-76, he was awarded the Russell Sage Residency in Law and Social Science at Harvard Law School as a postdoctoral scholar. In 1962, he embarked on an academic career as a constitutional law scholar by accepting his first academic appointment at Georgia Southern College, now University, and immediately became a popular professor on campus. So much so that the 1966 yearbook was dedicated to him by the senior class. In 1967, he accepted an appointment at the University of Tennessee in the political science department and dedicated the next 45 years to his students, profession, and community, retiring in 2012. He served as associate dean in the College of Arts and Sciences and head of the political science department. He was named the Lindsey Young Professor of Political Science in 1981 and was twice the recipient of the UT Alumni Association Outstanding Teacher Award. In 1988, he received the L.R. Hessler Award for Excellence in Teaching and Service. In 1994, he was selected as the Spring Commencement Speaker. He was named Alumni Distinguished Service Professor and in 2001 was named UT Mace Bearer, the university's highest faculty award. In 2000, he was appointed Resident Scholar of Constitutional Law in the College of Law. In addition to numerous articles and book chapters, he authored, co-authored, or edited six books in his field, most significantly American Constitutional Law now in its sixth edition and a leading textbook in the field. Among his cherished opportunities was that of scholarly inquiry with his esteemed colleagues and former students. One colleague described him as an implacable critic of injustice, but a warm and understanding listener to people of many different persuasions and points of view. Quite a combination. He felt the plight and struggle for justice, equal rights, and equal treatment under the law for all people. His extensive public service included work with the UT Law Clinic and numerous organizations in service of citizens with disabilities. He served as president of the American Council of the Blind from 1987 to 89, president of the National Accreditation Council for Agencies Serving the Blind and Visually Handicapped, NAC, from 1979 to 1983, and was a trustee of the American Foundation for the Blind, AFB, from 1987 to 99. In 1981, he was appointed to the Governor's Committee on Equal Employment Opportunity and served a five-year term. He was the recipient of the 2001 Miguel Medal awarded by the AFB, the highest honor in the blindness field, for his work significantly improving the lives of people with vision loss. He was a tireless advocate for ultimate passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act in 1990. He was an elder in the Presbyterian Church and a member of Sequoia Hills Presbyterian Church. He was a longtime member of the American, Tennessee, and Knoxville Bar Associations, and in 2010 was admitted to the Bar of the Supreme Court of the United States. He was preceded in death by his first wife, Linda Duren Stevens, mother of his daughters, whom he married in 1960, and his second wife, Mary Ballard Stevens. He is survived by a sister, Anne John Sims, Atlanta, Georgia, 
daughters, Ann Stevens Allen Henderson of Statesboro, Georgia, and Carol Stevens Kevin Frazier of Knoxville, Tennessee. Seven remarkable grandchildren, Carolyn Greer Henderson, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Catherine Lee Henderson, Knoxville, Tennessee, Grace Elizabeth Frazier, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Elizabeth Stevens Henderson, Atlanta, Georgia, Annie Laura Frazier and Charlie Monroe Frazier, Knoxville, Tennessee, and William Clark Henderson, Statesboro, Georgia, and numerous nieces and nephews. A memorial service celebrating his life was held December 9, 2016 at Sequoia Hills Presbyterian Church in Knoxville. In lieu of flowers, please make donations to the Otis Stevens College of Law Endowment at the University of Tennessee, 1525 University Avenue, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37996-0650. Condolences can reach the family care of Carol Frazier, 12698 Amberset Drive, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37922. Carol S. Frazier at charter.net. at C-H-A-R-T-E-R dot N-E-T or Ann Henderson, 110 Lakeside Court, Statesboro, Georgia, 30458 Ann Henderson at FrontierNet.net A-N-N-H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N at F-R-O-N-T-I-E-R-N-E-T dot N-E-T Caption Otis H. Stevens, Jr. served as ACB's president from 1987 to 1989. In this photo, he sports a dark suit coat, white shirt, and light-colored Reader's Remembrances of Otis Stevens. Dr. Otis Stevens was one of my early mentors when I became part of the American Council of the Blind. As a political science major and political junkie, not to mention law school dropout, I enjoyed many discussions with Otis, both at national conventions and by phone on constitutional and political issues over many years. For those who don't know, Dr. Stevens was a constitutional law scholar of some repute. In 2008 or 2009, he invited me to be a guest lecturer for one of his constitutional law seminars at the University of Tennessee to speak about the Americans with Disabilities Act and the advocacy work carried out on behalf of blind people by ACB. A Yiddish word sums up the man who was Otis Stevens. He was a mensch, a gentleman. We have lost one of the pillars of this organization. I am truly saddened by his passing. ACB will be a poorer organization without Dr. Otis Stevens. Mitch Pomerantz, Pasadena, California. A few years after Linda's passing, Otis married Mary Ballard, former editor of the Braille Forum. She passed away in 2011, and I don't think Otis really ever recovered from that. It is also notable that Otis, along with another colleague, wrote a college-level textbook on constitutional law that saw several editions published over a period of years. Otis was as friendly and personable as he was intelligent. He cared a lot about people, and it showed. 
I met him at my first ACB convention in 1976 as the only representative of the Washington Council of the Blind. He took the time that week to meet up with me and discuss a candidate for whom he was providing support, Delbert Amon from South Dakota. I was not only flattered to be lobbied, but deeply impressed to meet a blind person of such scholarly and personable abilities. Otis was certainly my role model for managing meetings, and I often asked myself when presiding at ACB conventions, how might Otis handle this or that situation? He was a true master when presiding over a meeting. Thank you, Otis, for the many contributions you made, tangible and intangible, to the blindness community. Chris Gray, St. Louis, Missouri. My first ACB convention was in 1995, and I remember being told at that time that one of the things I should really do at convention was go and hear Otis Stevens do his annual Supreme Court update at the blind lawyers' meetings. Being just a couple years out of law school at that point, I remember thinking to myself during that first update that I attended, wow, what an incredible gift this guy has at explaining very complex things in ways that are clear and concise. Not always very lawyerly traits, as we know. Over the years, I attended those excellent presentations whenever I could, and I always learned a lot from them and often heard analysis of the cases that seemingly nobody else had caught on to. And that makes sense because not that many in the disability world were slash are reading decisions for each and every one of their possible implications for folks with vision loss as well as all folks with disabilities, etc. What a tremendous leader for our community and our organization. God bless his memory. Mark Reichert, Arlington, Virginia. The world and all of us have lost a brilliant, compassionate, an engaging person. There are too few people like Otis in our world and our time, and we can all consider ourselves very fortunate to have known him, worked with him, or been lucky enough to share any time at all with him. Rest in peace, Otis. Penny Reader, Montgomery Village, Maryland. Bernice met Otis in Mobile in 1975, where he was very supportive to the new National Alliance of Blind Students. I got to know him when he asked me to serve as parliamentarian when he presided. I think he was very tolerant of my limitations as a parliamentarian. That was when I met Governor Clinton in 1988 in Little Rock. I credit that to Otis, because I got a handshake because I was on the platform as parliamentarian. Otis always made a point of greeting Bernice and me and spending a little time with us at each convention. One thing that has not been mentioned is Otis's service as chair of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee, where he presided over a lot of cleaning up of ACB's governance documents. Roger Peterson, Mountain View, California. Otis Stevens was a gentleman. More than that, he was the kind of man who could make others want to emulate him. This was my experience of knowing him, and I'm sure I'm not the only member of ACB who could say that. Rest in peace, Dr. Stevens. John Huffman, Indianapolis, Indiana. I first met Otis in 1975 when he was at Harvard University. I last saw him about five years ago at a holiday party in Northern Virginia. For many years, we would meet at conventions and other meetings where we would catch up with each other. One of the things I always admired about Otis was his great ability to make people feel welcomed and comfortable. While being a very brilliant man, he was such a humble and caring person. Otis could give someone a compliment without putting himself in the middle of it. 
That is something we see far too little of these days. Otis was highly respected. He worked to earn it and not demand it. Otis was the impetus in the creation of the Bay State Council of the Blind while he was living in Boston in 1975 and 76. He got several people together to grow it from the Blind Leadership Club of Boston, ACB's first affiliate in Massachusetts. Some of them included Marlena Lieberg, Charlie Crawford, Chris and Kathy Devon, Phyllis Mitchell, Philip Poffcher, past president of American Blind Lawyers Association, Merrill Maynard, artist and active in Friends in Art at that time, and Frank and I, among others. BSCB owes him a great deal. When the roll call of ACB's strongest leaders is read, Dr. Otis Stevens' name will be among the first. Terry Pacheco, Wheaton, Maryland. Caption. Four ACB past presidents take a break from convention activities. Left to right, they are Paul Edwards, Oral Miller, Leroy Saunders, and Otis Stevens. President's Message Planning for the Future A Strategic Direction for the Next Five Years by Kim Charlson. It's been nearly four years since my election as president of ACB in 2013. At that time, one of the things that I was glad to assume responsibility for was the 2012 strategic plan that had been developed by the board of directors with the assistance of Don Wells. That plan mapped out goals and objectives for the organization to work on in the areas of communication, fundraising, personnel management, and governance. ACB board members and other leaders have worked on moving the identified objectives under the plan forward over the past four years with many notable successes. As we complete our work on the 2012 plan and with the one-year anniversary of our new executive director, Eric Bridges, Eric requested that the board consider entering into a new strategic planning process to take ACB forward over the next five years. Eric was successful in identifying funding for a strategic planning initiative, and I want to acknowledge Eric's efforts and the funding of J.P. Morgan Chase for supporting our planning efforts. In late January 2017, the ACB board, staff, and several state and affiliate leaders met in the Washington, D.C. area to begin the development of a new plan for the organization. Many of you might think that planning is boring, but I can assure you that with the capable leadership of Liana Grassi and Daniel Omot from FMP Consulting, our time was far from dull. As a first step in the planning process, ACB's board of directors met for four hours at our fall 2016 board meeting and identified the remaining elements of the 2012 plan that still needed some work, as well as what the priorities for the next five years should be. That process identified five key areas for ACB to focus on in the future. Affiliates and membership, marketing and communication, meetings and conventions, resource development, and advocacy, legislation, and public policy. These five areas will be the base of our new strategic plan that still needs work to identify the objectives and action steps required to successfully complete the plan over the next three to five years. 
Work will continue in the spring to build out the full plan, and by the convention, I will be able to give the membership a more detailed report on the priorities and direction of the organization's efforts for the foreseeable future. Planning is essential for an organization like ACB to be able to use its resources wisely and effectively, gain the support and input from members, and inform the public on the direction of ACB's priorities. Stay tuned for more details on the new strategic plan as the document is completed. With wise and thoughtful planning, ACB will be on a firm track to continue to do great things well into the future. ACB commends Access Board on 508 Refresh. Alexandria, Virginia, January 12, 2017. The American Council of the Blind commends the U.S. Access Board for releasing revised guidelines encompassing Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. The guidelines released January 9th require the federal government to further assure electronic communications are accessible for both internal and external purposes for individuals with disabilities, and allow for government to lead by example toward breaking down electronic access barriers. It's been almost two decades since the Access Board refreshed its guidelines on electronic communications, and the need for further revisions has been years in the making, said ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. The role the Internet and mobile communications play in our lives today wasn't even conceivable the last time we had a major refresh of the 508 regulations, and we're glad that government will now be able to lead by example on making electronic communications accessible for all. The Access Board held a webinar on February 2nd to go over the details of the new regulatory changes, which include everything from computer and telecommunications hardware to web and multimedia content internet, and mobile applications. The Access Board also will more clearly define the scope of Section 508 regulations in light of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, covered under the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, and create greater harmony with standards set by the European Commission and Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, WCAG. For more information on the regulatory refresh and Section 508, visit https colon forward slash forward slash www.access hyphen b-o-a-r-d dot g-o-v forward slash g-u-i-d-e-l-i-n-e-s hyphen a-N-D hyphen S-T-A-N-D-A-R-D-S forward slash C-O-M-M-U-N-I-C-A-T-I-O-N-S hyphen A-N-D hyphen I-T forward slash A-B-O-U-T hyphen T-H-E hyphen S-E-C-T-I-O-N hyphen Five zero eight hyphen S T A N D A R D S forward slash S E C T I O N hyphen five zero eight hyphen 
S-T-A-N-D-A-R-D-S forward slash S-E-C-T-I-O-N hyphen 508 hyphen S-T-A-N-D-A-R-D-S. Helpful Hints for Attending the Convention by Janet Dickelman. The 2017 American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention will be held at the Nugget Casino and Resort in sensational Sparks, Nevada. The theme of this year's convention is ACB Sparks Success. During convention week, we'll celebrate our successes as an organization. In addition, the Nugget is just steps from one of the largest 4th of July celebrations in the country, with lots of music, food and crafts vendors, and a huge fireworks display just outside the hotel. Sparks will be flying as we celebrate ACB's successful 56th convention. Convention dates are Friday, June 30th through Friday, July 7th. The exhibit hall will be open Saturday, July 1st through Wednesday, July 5th. It features the latest and greatest in technology and items for home, work, and play. ACB affiliates and committee programs, seminars, and mixers will be held Saturday, July 1st, and run through Wednesday, July 5th. Tech sessions offered by our business partners will begin on Saturday, July 1st. Our opening general session is Saturday evening, July 1st. Morning sessions Sunday through Wednesday, and the all-day Thursday session will feature elections and ACB business. Don't miss the annual banquet Thursday evening featuring the presentation of ACB awards, ACB Braille Forum raffle drawing, and a sensational speaker. As you make plans for Sparks, read on for information that will enhance your convention experience. Navigating the Nugget Let indoor wayfinding technology be your guide around the Nugget this year. MD Support is again providing its low-vis guide app at no cost. Just download it to your iPhone or iPad and let it describe all points of interest and routes throughout the hotel lobby and meeting areas. Last year's problem with the beacons was solved by the designers too late for many members to take advantage of the full service. But the MD Support Director, Dan Roberts, assures us that the system will run smoothly. He has also added an extra staff person to assist during the convention. For important information, including a direct download link to the App Store, frequently asked questions, an audiovisual demonstration of the app, what you need to know ahead of time, and articles and audio broadcast about LowViz Guide, visit www.mdsupport.org forward slash audio guide. www.mdsupport.org O-R-G forward slash A-U-D-I-O-G-U-I-D-E. Reasonable accommodations. If you plan to attend the convention and need a support service provider or interpreter, please contact Lori Scharf, who will assist in making arrangements. Send an email message with interpreter for Reno in the subject line to lorys one at optonline.net. L-O-R-I-S-1 at O-P-T-O-N-L-I-N-E dot N-E-T. You may also contact Lori via phone at 516-695-6370. If you need a wheelchair or scooter during the convention, contact Janet Dickelman at 651 428 
5059 or at gmail.com J-A-N-E-T dot D-I-C-K E-L-M-A-N at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M Convention Volunteers Sally Benjamin, ACB Volunteer Coordinator and the Nevada Host Committee are working to obtain volunteers to assist convention attendees at the Nugget and the airport. Here are a few reminders to make things run smoothly for convention attendees and volunteers. Volunteers are happy to help you locate meeting rooms, the exhibit hall, your table in the ballroom, restaurants in the hotel, and the elevator bays. Volunteers cannot accompany you to the sleeping room floors or assist you in locating your room. If you need help getting to and from your hotel room, you will need to make arrangements with a friend or family member to assist you. Volunteers or hotel staff cannot administer medications or assist you with other health care needs. Volunteers and hotel staff can assist you in locating dog relief areas, but they are not expected to take your dog out for you. If you need assistance in these areas, please make arrangements prior to the convention for a friend or family member to help you. If you use a wheelchair, ACB convention volunteers may not be physically able to push your chair. Please don't count on ACB volunteers or hotel staff to be wheelchair pushers. A limited number of volunteers will accompany each tour. Volunteers will help as much as possible. However, they are not personal guides or personal care attendants. If you need individual assistance, plan to attend the tour with a friend who can act as your guide or PCA. Assistance at the airport. To assist airline personnel and Marjorie Beeman and her cadre of airport volunteers, if you would like assistance when you arrive at the airport in Reno, please submit the following information. Your name, the name of the airline you will be arriving on, your departure city, arrival flight number, Arrival date and time. Departure airline. Departure date. Departure time. Cell phone number. You can send Marjorie a message with airline information in the subject line to olio50 at hotmail.com. O-L-E-O-5-0 at H-O-T-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Or call her at 512-921-1625. Transportation around Reno. The Nugget provides a complimentary shuttle to and from the airport. Using paratransit. If you would like to use paratransit in Sparks, call customer service at 775-348-0477. You will be asked to fax your certification information to 775 348 3261. To set up rides, call 775 348 5438. Staying connected. The convention announce list will be filled with information about the convention. Subscribe to the list today by sending a blank email to acbconvention subscribe at acblists.org. ACB C O N V E N T I O N hyphen S U B S C R I B E at A C B L I S T S dot O R G. If you've been on the list in the past, you need not subscribe again. Don't have email? No problem.
Convention updates will also be featured on ACB Radio and by telephone through Audio Now at 605-475-8130. Hotel details. All rooms at the Nugget have refrigerators and safes. Room rates at the Nugget Casino Resort are $89, single or double occupancy, with an additional $10 per person for up to four people per room. Room tax is currently 13.5%. There is also a $2 per day tourism tax added to each room. When you book your reservation, one night's stay will be charged to your credit card. Included in the room rate is the hotel resort fee, which includes round-trip shuttle transportation to and from Reno-Tahoe International Airport, complimentary wireless internet in guest rooms, daily complimentary bottled water, two bottles per room per day, unlimited use of the year-round atrium pool, unlimited use of the fitness center, full-service concierge, and valet and self-parking in a secured covered parking structure. To make reservations via telephone, call 1-800-648-1177 and ask for group code GACB17. You may also make reservations online by visiting www.acb.org and following the 2017 Conference and Convention link. Convention Contacts 2017 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman, 601-331-7740 AmDuo at BellSouth.net a-M-D-U-O at B-E-L-L-S-O-U-T-H dot N-E-T. 2017 Advertising and Sponsorships. Margarine Beeman, 512-921-1625. Oleo50 at Hotmail dot com. O-L-E-O 50 at H-O-T-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. For any other convention-related questions, contact Janet Dickelman, convention chair, at 651-428-5059 or janet.dickelman at gmail dot com. J-A-N-E-T dot D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at G. M-A-I-L dot C-O. Awards Committee Seeks Nominees for 2017 ACB Awards by Shelley Hart and Chip Haley, Awards Committee Co-Chairs. It's that time of year again. The Awards Committee is searching for nominees who are deserving of national recognition for their work in ACB or the blindness community. The awards will be presented at the upcoming conference and convention in Sparks, Nevada. Candidates will be judged on the quality of their nomination letter and how well they meet the spirit of the award for which they are nominated. Please assist the awards committee by presenting commendable candidates and clearly identifying the reasons you believe the candidate is worthy of receiving the specific award for which you have nominated him or her. The deadline for nominations is April 30, 2017. This means letters must be received electronically by 11.59 p.m. on that day. Send your nomination letters via email to Chip Haley, 
chiphaley at cableone.net. C-H-I-P-H-A-I-L-E-Y at C-A-B-L-E-O-N-E dot N-E-T. And Shelley Hart, C-S Hart at vastbb.net. C-S-H-A-R-T at V-A-S-T-B-B dot N-E-T. Once we receive your nominations, the awards committee must review and score the entries submitted. This work takes a little time, and it is helpful to begin the process as soon as possible. The committee looks forward to the challenge of selecting worthy recipients of the 2017 ACB Awards. We need your help to complete our job. The wording for the award criteria has been updated by the committee and approved by the ACB Board of Directors. Now it is your job to tell us about these special people and how they meet the criteria listed below. Remember that these are national awards and nominees will be judged accordingly. 1. The Robert S. Bray Award is given in honor of the first director of what is now the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. This award may be given to an individual or an organization in the area of accessing information. 2. The Durward K. McDaniel Ambassador Award is given in honor of ACB's founding father and first national representative. It is presented to a recipient who exhibits a positive image for blindness in his, her community. This candidate does not have to be a member of or active in any organization of the blind or be engaged in work for the blind. 3. The George Card Award is given in honor of George Card, who was the Executive Secretary of the Wisconsin Council of the Blind, a member of ACB's Board of Directors, a delegate to the World Council for the Welfare of the Blind, and an associate editor of the Braille Forum. It is presented in recognition of outstanding service by a blind person who has contributed to the betterment of the blindness community. This recipient must possess leadership qualities and demonstrate strength of a positive role model. 4. The James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award is given in honor of Jim Olson, ACB's longest-serving staff member, who served as Assistant Treasurer, Treasurer, and Executive Director of ACB Enterprises and Services. It may be given to individuals or organizations who have made important contributions to advance opportunities for the blindness community. 5. The Margarine Beeman ACB Volunteer Recognition Award was created to honor individuals, either sighted or blind, or organizations who have given tirelessly of their resources, expertise, or time toward enhancing the quality of life within the blindness community in general, or for an ACB local, state, or special interest affiliate. The achievements, accomplishments, or service on which nominations are based must reflect ACB's vision and mission. This recognition may be awarded to an individual or an organization to note appreciation for invaluable assistance. 6. The Affiliate Growth Awards are based on the greatest increase in membership as determined by the 2016-2017 Membership Reports. 7. The Affiliate Outreach Award is based on a recommendation by an affiliate president which recognizes a local chapter for a new outreach program. 
This program must have a measurable outcome. Submit nominations right away. Late submissions will not be considered. If you need help with the nomination process, call Shelley at 605-332-6059 or Chip at 417-781-6728. Celebrate the life and legacy of Durward K. McDaniel. Support the DKM First Timer Program by Kenneth Semyon Sr. The Durward K. McDaniel First Timer Program Committee beckons your support for a rewarding year filled with successful outcomes. Join us in reaching out to more enthusiastic and committed members in your state and special interest affiliate. Let's explore various ways that you can assist in elevating acknowledgments of the lifetime achievements of the father of ACB. In addition to encouraging a member who has never attended an ACB conference and convention to read the January 2017 forum article entitled Reach for the Adventure of a Lifetime or the February e-forum article Explore All That ACB Has to Offer, you can encourage a member to apply for the 2017 First Timer Award and offer moral support to them. You could also make a financial contribution to the 2017 DKM First Timer Gift Card Fundraiser. Whether it is online or on land, we will present gift cards with varying values that you can utilize throughout the nation. For a $5 contribution, your name will be entered into an appreciation drawing for an opportunity to win one gift card. And for every $10 contribution, you extend your opportunity with three entries. It's simple. Give a committee member your contribution and your name and contact information, and you are very likely to be a winner. You can either obtain your gift card during the DKM first-timer reception, scheduled for Wednesday, July 5th in Reno, or receive a call or text alerting you that you are a winner. Participants need not be present to win. We will mail your gift card shortly after the convention to the address you provide. Be sure to purchase a ticket to participate in the 2017 DKM First Timer Reception as you register for the convention. Stop by the ACB Mini Mall or stop by the DKM First Timer booth in the ACB Marketplace on Saturday evening prior to the opening session. Or acquire tickets at the same location on Tuesday before the general session begins and during the break. A special segment of the 2017 DKM First Timer Reception will feature recognition for those who contribute $100 or more to the DKM First Timer Program. Together, we can go beyond all limits. Join the fun. Come and celebrate with the 2017 recipients of the DKM First Timer Award. The committee is excited to be able to greet you there. For more information, send an email to Kenneth Semyon Sr. at Semyon at sbcglobal.net. S-E-M-I-E-N at S-B-C-G-L-O-B-A-L dot N-E-T. Or dial 409-866-5838. Holiday Auction Thank Yous by Carla Rushville. The fifth annual Holiday Auction, held on Sunday, December 4th, 2016 was full of fun and surprises. The Holiday Auction Committee began its work in August. Articles appeared in the forum. Notices were posted on ACB email lists requesting donations. And details were reviewed to make the event as successful as possible.
from September until mid-November. The phones rang and emails arrived telling us about great items that were coming from both individuals and affiliates. It was like Christmas every day in our Minneapolis office. Descriptions were written, photos taken, and items posted to the auction preview page on ACB's website. The evening arrived. People across the country had visited the preview page and were ready to bid on their favorite items. The Twitter team was tweeting. Facebook posts had been posted. Promotional emails were all over the ACB lists. The Minneapolis office was ready to process payments and ship items to the lucky winners. The auction broadcast team was in place at the iHeart Media Studios in Louisville, Kentucky. It was 7 p.m. Eastern, holiday auction time on ACB Radio. People were listening on the Internet. People were listening on the phones. ACB President Kim Charlson was on the air, welcoming everyone to the big event. It was time for the bidding to begin. Bidding was often fast and furious. The auction was scheduled to end at midnight Eastern or when all items were sold. We actually went off the air at 1 a.m. The bidding was over. Every item had sold. An auction must have two things to be successful, donors and bidders. 45 individuals, affiliates, and businesses contributed items and cash. A huge thanks to our generous 2016 donors. ACB Lions, ACB Students, ACB Mini Mall, ACB of Minnesota, Arizona Council of the Blind, Bay State Council of the Blind, Nancy Becker, Marjorie Beeman, Carrie Bishop, Blind Alive, Blind Information Technology Specialist, BITS, Kathy Brandt, Brian Charlson, Kim Charlson, and Vicki Vaught, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, Patty Cox, Florida Council of the Blind, Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, Guide Dog Users Incorporated, GDUI, Deanna Noriega and Gretchen Mowney, Mike Hartwig, Debbie Hazelton, Kim A. Bear, George Holliday, Illinois Council of the Blind and Rachel Schroeder, Connie Giacomini, Kentucky Council of the Blind, Library Users of America, LUA, Marlena Lieberg, Sharon Lovering, Marlena's Mediterranean Kitchen, Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, Rick Morin, Nevada Council of the Blind and Janet Dickelman, Sue Olson, Carla Rushevel, Bill Sparks, Dan and Leslie Spoon, Tennessee Council of the Blind, Jeff and Leslie Tom, Kitty Van Guten and Washington Council of the Blind. Many, many generous people from across the United States bid throughout the evening. 48 extremely generous folks won items in the 2016 auction. Those winners were Bob Acosta, Ruth Ann Acosta, Donna Brown, Karen Campbell, Ray Campbell, Burl Colley, Denise Colley, Marianne Cowfer, Vicki Curley, Debbie Dethridge, Chris Devon, Dan Dillon, Judy Dixon, Margie Donovan, Steve Dresser, Brent Ford, Carrie Ford, Katie Frederick, Peggy Garrett, Mary Haroyan, Marion Hasselrude, Patty Jacobson, Connie Giacomini, Richard Johnson, Cecilia Lee, Deb Cook Lewis, Marlena Lieberg, Jean Mann, 
Scott Marshall, Oral Miller, Trina Muncie, Donna Permar, Andrea Pitzenbarger, Mark Reichert, Mary Riley, Richard Ruda, Rachel Schroeder, Ralph Smitherman, Christopher Salden, Leslie Spoon, Kelly Stanfield, Jeff Tom, Leslie Tom, Vicki Vaught, Elaine Weisbard, Gary Wood, Vivian Younger, and Vida Zavuli. As of this writing, mid-January, the books are not quite closed on the auction, but we know that the 2016 holiday auction raised approximately $12,500. What a great expression of support for ACB Radio. As chair of the ACB Radio Holiday Auction Committee, I thank everyone who worked so hard to make this auction a success. A huge thanks goes to committee vice chair Brian Charlson and members Carrie Bishop, Patty Cox, Marlena Lieberg, Larry Turnbull, and Paul Luis for their help and support. To ACB staff Lori Sarf, Dee Feeney, and Kelly Gask for their tireless help with all things auction, descriptions, photos, webpage posting, shipping, and accounting. To Larry Turnbull, ACB Radio Managing Director for instruction and support for the auction webpages. And to iHeartMedia for the use of their studio. A tremendous thank you goes to the broadcast team who handled six hours of on-air time and telephone bidding. Patty Cox and Paul Luis on the phones. Michael McCarty on air with me, keeping listeners up to date on bidding and buying. And Michael McCarty and Jim Fenn getting the live feed out of Louisville through the radio storm to Larry Turnbull in Illinois, who monitored the entire operation and made sure you could listen over ACB radio and audio now. The ACB Radio Holiday Auction Committee is looking forward to the 2017 extravaganza, and we hope you are too. Ida Schwerzel, A Century of Memories, Part 2, by Greg Lindbergh. Editor's Note. If you missed Part 1 of this story, you can find it in the January 2017 issue. End of note. After Texas, Schwerzel moved back to Long Island, where her mother was hosting a full house of young mothers and their young children in the family while their husbands were in the service. Her mother was a wonderful cook, and one of their neighbors thought she should open up an Italian restaurant. She made lasagna, minestrone, and eggplant parmesan. She even made dough herself. She worked in stores when they sold handmade clothing that they made in-house. She worked in a bridal shop where she made bridal gowns for weddings. She also had a beautiful voice and could sing like no other. There were times she'd have one of her babies on one leg and was sewing something on her other leg. She was truly an amazing woman. Harold was German and was born in New York. After his military service, he had many nightmares. He would be deep in thought and reliving some of his experiences in the war, she recalls. He never wanted to get help because he thought he had to handle all of this by himself. My oldest brother later taught him to be a plumber, which he did for a long time. The Schwerzels moved to Florida in July of 1962 after her doctor recommended the climate would be better for her asthma. This is a doctor who had known her since she was a little girl. Before I left New York, Dr. Johnson hugged me and said, Ida, 
If you ever need me, have your family call me, and we'll get you on a plane to New York. She and her family moved to Pasadena in Pinellas County near St. Petersburg. Her daughter was not very thrilled with the decision, as she was about 11 years old at the time. When we made it to Florida, I took my daughter to Webb's City, which was an early version of a shopping plaza on Central Avenue in downtown St. Petersburg. The area was known for its green benches where people would sit and talk. We got on a bus that was loaded with gray-haired people. She couldn't sit and had to stand in the middle of the bus. Then she proceeded to yell out, Mom, you brought me to Florida where old people come to die. I was so embarrassed, but everyone started cracking up on the bus. Her daughter did enjoy going to the beach, though. She wound up working for Verizon and retired in 2016 at age 65. The Schwerzels lived in Pasadena for five years. They spotted a small sign for another house while driving on Bayshore Drive. We looked at it since it was right on the water. We paid $17,000 for that house and lived there for 21 years. It's probably worth close to a half million dollars now. She recalls that her mother and grandmother had their doubts that Ida was actually residing in the Sunshine State after spending so many years of her life in New York. My mom and grandma never believed I had moved to Florida. They finally took a train to St. Petersburg, and when they showed up on our doorstep, they couldn't believe it was true. The couple then moved to Clearwater around 1990 and moved into their current home nearby in 1994. A sign in front of the home says, Welcome to the Schwerzels, established 1994. Her daughter and son-in-law live next door. Schwerzel likes spending time outdoors. I love gardening and doing things outside. At 95, I was still getting on the roof to clean the leaves off. Even now, I still go out and check up on the plants. I have to make sure they look healthy. She also enjoys watching Law & Order, America's Got Talent, Bay News 9, and The Weather Channel. She admits to never owning a cell phone and never using a computer. She loves going to Pinecrest Community Center, a senior living community near her home in Clearwater. I've been going there for several years to listen to a man named Bill Clark play the piano. I also know some of the people who live there. About three years ago, I was approached by a woman who asked me, Do you live here? I told her I did not, and she said I would not be able to come anymore. So I wrote a letter to Bill explaining what happened. Would you believe he made up a special card for me that says, Ida Schwerzel is allowed to be here. She had to give up driving around age 87. She had surgery to remove the cataract in her left eye, but something went wrong, and she wound up going blind in that eye. She also has macular degeneration in her right eye. I had to give up my license because I knew it just wasn't safe for me to be driving, she admits. Giving that up felt like losing my arm, but I just couldn't handle it. Schwerzel joined the Pinellas Council of the Blind around age 88. She had been attending the Watson Center to receive vision rehabilitation, which is now called the Lighthouse of Pinellas. She took several classes, including creative writing and yoga. Someone there referred her to the Pinellas chapter. By all accounts, she is the oldest member of all chapters within the Florida Council of the Blind. 
Schwerzel has a white cane, but prefers to use her walker for balance support. She attempted to learn Braille, but when she got frustrated with not being able to fill all of the marks, she told her doctor, This stinks. After that, he told me I didn't need to fool with it anymore. Fortunately, I get along pretty well with the vision in my right eye. I have a talking clock in my house. She attends every monthly meeting of the Pinellas chapter. I have made several friends in the Pinellas Council of the Blind, she says. Lucille Gradell and Eugene Badkey are two of my favorite people. What's the key to longevity? Schwerzel says it's all about mindset. There's no secret to living a long life. To me, attitude means everything. You can survive a lot of things. As humans, we are all stronger than we think we are. Once you're put to the test, you realize this. But you won't understand this until you're tested. Along with her daughter and son-in-law next to her, she also has neighbors who've been extremely helpful to her. I am surrounded by so many people who are wonderful and supportive, she glows. Her husband, Harold, died of prostate cancer at about 85. His doctor took each of our hands and gave us the news. He was in tears and so were we. My husband only had common colds and a tonsillectomy in his lifetime, but this cancer came on strong. What's the secret to staying married for 60 years? You have to love each other and be tolerant, she says. There are times you might want to kill your spouse for something they said or did, but love always wins. Never go to sleep angry with each other. Harold and I would always kiss, say goodnight, and then laugh. Thanks to her lifelong consumption of much more oxygen than the average person, she thinks oxygen has been a miracle treatment for her. People should take some oxygen every few months. I think oxygen can truly do wonders for everyone's health. I think it's why I'm still here today. Schwerzel has lived through 17 presidents in her lifetime. She gave her opinion about the unprecedented drama of the 2016 presidential race. I think Donald Trump will make it. He's just so different, and he sure has the mouthpiece. She has five grandchildren, three great-grandchildren, and two great-great-grandchildren. It's a lot to keep track of, she says with a laugh. Schwerzel jokes that reaching the century mark is no big deal. It's another year, another number, she says with a smile. I hate the word old. I like the word older better. Like all centenarians, she received a card from the White House that was signed by both Barack and Michelle Obama. They probably send out thousands of these cards every year now, she says. Her mother lived to 85 years old and passed away from throat cancer. She had a nephew who died of throat cancer, a brother who died of tongue cancer, a sister with breast cancer, and a cousin with pancreatic cancer. Harold was in the same group. I told everyone not to bring me any gifts for my 100th birthday. Instead, I want everyone to make a donation to either cancer research or hospice. Her family threw a big party for her with nearly 40 family members in attendance, many of whom flew in from all over the country. She sums up her past, present, and future with one quote that truly defines her. I am a ball of fire, and I have no plans to let that ball stop rolling. Easy fundraiser for your affiliate. Doesn't that sound great? It doesn't involve much time or effort.
which is especially appealing to special interest affiliates that do not meet frequently. What do you have to do? Sign up for the Monthly Monetary Support, MMS, program. Up to one-half of your monthly contribution can be designated for an affiliate of your choice. Those payments are then mailed quarterly to affiliates. Be sure to let the Minneapolis office know if the person who receives these funds has changed. Monthly contributions of at least $10 can be deducted from a checking account or covered by a charge card, so there are no payments to mail or having to get someone to write a check. Be sure to inform ACB if your account information changes. There are two ways to begin making monthly gifts. One, visit www.acb.org, tab to the Donate Now button, and then tab to the Monthly Monetary Support, MMS, program. Or, two, call or email Lori Sarf at the ACB Minnesota office, phone 612-332-3242, email lsarf at acb.org, l-s-a-r-f-f at acb.org. Either way, it's easy to start giving or to increase a monthly contribution. Volunteering at the MMS table during convention is another way you can help. We share information on the program there and can fill out forms if someone on duty is able to do so. The MMS table is located next to the mini-mall, so there is plenty of traffic. During quiet times, you can browse the mini-mall, too. I've picked up some things that way. Your help and support are greatly appreciated. Kathy Brockman Easy fundraiser for your affiliate. Doesn't that sound great? It doesn't involve much time or effort, which is especially appealing to special interest affiliates that do not meet frequently. What do you have to do? Sign up for the Monthly Monetary Support, MMS, program. Up to one half of your monthly contribution can be designated for an affiliate of your choice. Those payments are then mailed quarterly to affiliates. Be sure to let the Minneapolis office know if the person who receives these funds has changed. Monthly contributions of at least $10 can be deducted from a checking account or covered by a charge card, so there are no payments to mail or having to get someone to write a check. Be sure to inform ACB if your account information changes. There are two ways to begin making monthly gifts. One, visit www.acb.org, tab to the Donate Now button, and then tab to the Monthly Monetary Support, MMS, program. Or, two, call or email Lori Sarf at the ACB Minnesota office, phone 612-332-3242, email lsarf at acb.org, l-s-a-r-f-f at acb.org. Either way, it's easy to start giving or to increase a monthly contribution. Volunteering at the MMS table during convention is another way you can help. We share information on the program there and can fill out forms if someone on duty is able to do so. The MMS table is located next to the mini-mall, so there is plenty of traffic. During quiet times, you can browse the mini-mall, too. I've picked up some things that way. Your help and support are greatly appreciated. Kathy Brockman Spotlight on ACB Students by Tamara Lomax. The greatness of Google is such that somewhere, 
if in even the smallest way, a match to any query will be presented. There was a time in my life where I found myself keening for mutual support by way of internet searches, but no result turned up a story quite like mine. I consider myself to be a non-traditional student, a status that was not always easily accepted. I have had my own share of academic challenges and setbacks throughout my college experience, insufficient accommodations, inaccessibility, but most difficult was learning to navigate as a student through the changing stages of vision loss. Transition became a common theme for me, especially as I began to shift in life after becoming a parent and raising a child on my own while managing a full course load. I can vividly recall one night in particular where in the darkest late-night hours, I sat at my dining table rocking my sick infant son while trying to solve equations and graph a line by hand with a small video magnifier, dropping my pencil abruptly and telling myself, this cannot be the way for me, but I surely don't know which way to go. Looking back, it's a sad truth for me to confess that I felt I didn't have the proper support or resources regarding vision loss or appropriate access to training to learn new techniques. Not until I chose to take an independent route to finding my groove as an adjusting student with vision loss. My involvement with the American Council of the Blind began at a time when I had felt most guarded concerning blindness. Not quite completely blind, but definitely not completely sighted either. Having not received much in the way of understanding from other blindness communities in my area, I had initial reservations about joining a blindness advocacy group. I was invited to an ACB students' conference call, and aside from introducing myself, didn't share a single word. My silence within ACBS did not last long. Shortly after that call, I joined the 2016 Convention Planning Committee, where I was given the opportunity to coordinate and host the Put Your Best Look Forward Women's segment at the 2016 Convention in Minneapolis. To be welcomed into ACB by the student affiliate and to be trusted to be a contributor to convention programming assured me that I found a place where my voice and efforts were appreciated and encouraged, which was especially impressive as I was a new member attending her very first convention. It was during that convention that I was elected second vice president of ACB students, and with that, I've found a new home where I know I belong and a confidence that assures me that I'm moving in a better direction. The work I do for my affiliate means more to me than I could properly conceive the moment I accepted my board position. Knowing where I've come from, I feel this platform I've been given will afford me the opportunity to give a voice to the experience off the normative path of higher education and be the resource for others that I once wished I had. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to slovering at acb.org, S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G, at acb.org or phone the national office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date.
College Success Scholarship Available. Study.com is offering a new scholarship to college students. The College Success Scholarship gives one lucky student $1,000 to help with their tuition. In order to participate in the scholarship contest, applicants must meet the following criteria. Must be a U.S. citizen or permanent U.S. resident and must be enrolled or accepted in an accredited college or university. Graduating high school seniors who meet the above-mentioned criteria may apply. The application deadline is April 1, 2017. To submit an application, go to http colon forward slash forward slash study dot com forward slash blog forward slash college hyphen success hyphen scholarship hyphen by hyphen study hyphen com dot html http colon forward slash forward slash study dot com forward slash b l o g forward slash c o l l e g e hyphen s u c c e s s hyphen s c h o l a r s h i p hyphen b y hyphen s t u d y hyphen c o m dot h t m l Tax assistance available. Tax season is upon us. With all those forms to fill out, where do you turn for help? The IRS has made hundreds of federal tax forms and publications accessible. Visit https colon forward slash forward slash www.irs.gov forward slash uac forward slash irs hyphen gov hyphen accessibility https colon forward slash forward slash www.irs.gov forward slash uac forward slash irs hyphen gov hyphen acc ess you can choose from large print Text, accessible PDFs, eBraille, or HTML formats that are compatible when used with screen readers and refreshable Braille displays. The IRS also provides videos in American Sign Language on YouTube. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash W A T C H question V equals E L hyphen X U E uppercase E hyphen uppercase Z uppercase D uppercase Y ampersand L I S T equals uppercase P uppercase L six three four nine six eight eight nine seven uppercase E uppercase A, uppercase E, uppercase A, 4, uppercase F, uppercase D, ampersand, I-N-D-E-X, equals 3, and has a dedicated ASL YouTube channel. HTTPS, colon, forward slash, forward slash, www.youtube.com.
dot com forward slash user forward slash IRS videos ASL HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www dot Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot C-O-M forward slash U-S-E-R forward slash uppercase I uppercase R uppercase S V-I-D E-O-S uppercase A uppercase S uppercase L. For those who are unable to complete their tax returns because of a physical disability or are age 60 or older, you may get assistance through the IRS Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, VITA, or Tax Counseling for the Elderly, TCE, programs. You can find a nearby VITA or TCE location by using the locator tools at https colon forward slash forward slash www.irs.gov forward slash individuals forward slash free hyphen tax hyphen return hyphen preparation hyphen for hyphen you hyphen by hyphen volunteers https colon forward slash forward slash www.irs.gov forward slash I-N-D-I-V-I-D-U-A-L-S forward slash F-R-E-E hyphen T-A-X hyphen R-E-T-U-R-N hyphen P-R-E-P-A-R-A-T-I-O-N hyphen F-O-R hyphen Y-O-U hyphen B-Y hyphen V-O-L U-N-T-E-E-R-S, or by calling 1-800-906-9887. Publication 907, Tax Highlights for Persons with Disabilities, explains the tax implications of certain disability benefits and other issues and is available at https colon forward slash forward slash www.irs.gov forward slash publications forward slash p907 forward slash index dot html https colon forward slash forward slash www dot irs dot gov forward slash p u b l i c a t i o n s forward slash p 907 forward slash INDEX dot HTML. Camp Siloam 2017 Bible Conference. Camp Siloam 2017 Bible Conference and Camping Session for Blind Adults will be held May 20th through 27th at the Golden Cross Ranch in New Caney, Texas. This year's theme is Confirmation or Transformation. There is morning and evening Bible study, as well as a host of other activities to enjoy, such as horseback riding, swimming, a shopping trip, two hayrides, and much, much more. For more information, email the camp director at geogray at sbcglobal.net, g-e-o-g-r-a-y at s-b-c-g-l-o-b-a-l dot n-e-t, or call one 866 
251-5165. Then enter mailbox number 7128 and leave your name, address, and phone number. Wapanaki Reunion 2017. Did you go to Camp Wapanaki during your younger years? Do you ever long to get together with the people you met there? Your wish has come true. Ken Taylor and his wife are hosting a Camp Wapanaki reunion on the campgrounds in Hardwick, Vermont this summer. The reunion will be held August 3 through 6. If you want to join us, visit www.seekthesun.org. www.seekthesun.org to register. Make sure you sign up early. Events are filling up fast. Even if you want to come for just a day or two and join us for that day's activities, you need to register ahead of time so that we can get an accurate meal count. If you have any questions, contact Ken. Ken at SeekTheSun.org. K-E-N at S-E-E-K-T-H-E-S-O-N dot O-R-G. Verizon launches accessibility features. Verizon Communications recently launched a resource page for its newly upgraded FIOS Accessible Video Subscription Service. The page provides information on FIOS text-to-speech functionality, which was pushed out to subscribers during a recent software update throughout the Verizon network. The upgraded accessibility features are part of the changes made through the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, CVAA, which requires cable providers to make their navigation systems accessible for customers who are blind and visually impaired. These features are currently available on most FIOS systems. To learn more about the accessibility upgrades, including steps on how to activate such features, visit http colon forward slash forward slash www.verizon.com forward slash about forward slash accessibility forward slash text hyphen speech question mark POS equals one HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.verizon dot com forward slash AB OUT forward slash ACC ESS IB IL ITY forward slash TEXT hyphen SP question mark POS equals one. High tech swap shop for sale. Honer German made Honica student piano accordion. 32 bass with 26 piano keys. Musette sound. Includes hard case and soft gig bag. Asking $400 or best offer? Contact Dan Marshall at 504-265-8001 or send a text to 225-892-7055 or you may email him dmarshall 5319 at gmail.com D-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L 5319 at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M ACB Officers President 
Kim Charlson, second term, 2017, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. First Vice President, Jeff Tom, second term, 2017, 7414 Mooncrest Way, Sacramento, California, 95831-4046. Second Vice President, John McCann, first term, 2017, 8761 East Placida Boulevard, Tucson, Arizona, 85715-5650. Secretary, Ray Campbell, second term, 2017, 460 Raintree Court, number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Treasurer, Carla Rushevel, third term, 2017, 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Immediate past president, Mitch Pomerantz, 1115 Cordova Street, number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Tucson, Arizona, first term, 2020. Denise Colley, Lacey Washington, first term, 2020. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, final term, 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, first term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, first term, 2018. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, final term, 2018. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota, final term, 2018. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Springs, Maryland, first term, 2018. Dan Spoon, Orlando, Florida, final term, 2020. David Trott, Talladega, Alabama, first term, 2018. Ex officio, Ron Brooks, Phoenix, Arizona. ACB Board of Publications. Ron Brooks, Chairman, Phoenix, Arizona, first term, 2017. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, first term, 2018. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, first term, 2017. Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington, first term, 2018. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, second term, 2018. Ex officios, Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, Bob Hachet, Waltham, Massachusetts, Bert Colley, Lacey, Washington, Carla Rushevel, Louisville, Kentucky. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the webpage in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 605-475-8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email list page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, half-speed four-track cassette tape, data CD, and via email.
It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone, 605-475-8154. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader Stream or from http colon forward slash forward slash www.acb.org forward slash bf 